0: finishing setting up oh good
1: your great to be here looks great
0: thanks yeah uh, um mostly broke because i spend everything on gear <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> a
0: problem i'm sure you guys understand
1: yeah. yes <laughs> for sure well okay thank you for being on um i just have a couple questions before we start if that's cool sure yeah. uh how do you say your last name
0: so it's notario, um, notario. So like like notary, Notar- like notary republic. With an io at the end, notario. It's the Spanish for notary.
1: Is that your real last name?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story. I can retell it later. But part of the reason I decided to like brand my law firm as not my name is that when you Google notario, like one of the first things that comes up is notarios aren't lawyers. I'm like, I can't have this. Oh my oh, god, yes. like Bad already SEO.
1: working against you.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's terrible SEO. So That is yeah. so
1: funny. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Groove Lab podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Alexander.
2: And I am Jeff Odom.
1: And this is a podcast all about the people that make up the music industry. We are so glad you're here. So glad. Uh, what's been going on, Jeff?
2: Well, not eating lunch.
1: <laughs> Jeff hasn't had lunch yet. So we might be a little grumpy in this episode. We'll have to see. How I'm it gonna goes. be a little
2: bit more like Lauren <laughs> is what I'm gonna he's be He's uh,
1: like. he's already been a little bit oh um a little bit sassy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um
2: So yeah, what's been going on?
1: What's been going on? Just you've been playing, playing music, music a lot. Yeah no? playing music, you too.
2: I have been really busy <laughs> and it's hundred and fifteen <laughs> degrees outside.
1: It's it's hot. So it's hot. Okay, people might not know. We are in a band together. We are. So that's what the giggling was all about. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen each other like almost every single day for the past couple months. Lucky me. <laughs> Imagine how <laughs> I feel, okay? No, I'm just getting no, I love Jeff. Yeah. But um, thank y'all for being here. Um, we are here at Rosewood Studios.
2: Tyler, Texas.
1: Tyler, Texas. We are so thankful for Rosewood. Oh, yeah. And um, I've been recording here since I was a little girl. We're and here so in the drum room? Yeah, here in the drum room. Yeah, nice. And our vibey little couch. I love it. It's great. We're moving on it. up. I know. <laughs> and video.
2: Yeah. This is what y'all wanted, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they did not. No. That's what you're getting.
2: Yeah. We w- we're uh, wearing <laughs> clothes, at least.
1: <laughs> what is wrong with you? Watch this. No. Look, guys, I can turn off his microphone. Listen, I <laughs> have all the control. <laughs>
2: I'll turn it back on. Thank you.
1: But um, this episode is sponsored by Kaiser Musical Products. Yeah. We love them. We are so thankful for them. And uh, they helped us get this really awesome new mixer. Yeah, the I think stuff. I talked about this already. But, um,
2: Talk about it again. See? I love it. You love it.
1: Oh, my God. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys for being here. And then it's going to roll into the new thing. Yeah, great. I think. We'll see. We'll see what happens with my editing skills. Our guest today is an attorney and educator who represents independent artists and brands through his firm, Music's Favorite Law Firm, and provides content to artists through his production and educational company, Apollo's Council. Please welcome... Roger. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, she something.
0: Oh, it's great. Oh, I'm loving it. I I got
1: it. I got a new toy. So yeah. You guys are you guys are (laughs) pros. It's
0: fantastic.
1: Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: So glad to be here. So,
1: I know you from TikTok, but let's let's start with your background, um, who you are, and how you got started
0: so like you said my name is roger i am a entertainment and music attorney based out of south florida i got into the music space as an artist originally Like, uh, i hate telling this story because it just reveals all my insecurities and stuff but <laughs> i grew up i grew up playing music i wanted to start playing drums at the age of like nine or ten but my mom was broke she's like no you're not doing that you can try guitar so i took guitar in school Eventually I got drums in the house from a neighbor that was very nice and played drums like five to eight hours a day from the age of like 13 to 18. And then around that time, just decided, I felt like I just, it wasn't, I I just didn't think I could do it. So I changed course and focused on school and then realized that I wasn't going anywhere with school. And I was like, how do I get back in music? And I realized I had a philosophy degree at that point. So I said, okay, let's go to law school and help them out legally. And that's exactly what I did. I went to law school, finished up and just started my own law firm. I technically went indie. That's
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, man, that's a route.
1: Yeah. So at what point would, would someone need a music lawyer?
0: As soon as you can afford one, like realistically, and I'm not even, I'm not even trying to like sell my services. You can hire anybody. It doesn't have to be me, but as soon as you can afford somebody, um, it'd be it's good to have at least a consultation or something just to like get their perspective on how your things are set up, what you may need to do next, right? Because not everybody needs to spend five, ten, three, you know, their whole budget. No, nobody should spend their whole budget on legal. First of all, but when you're starting out, it's more about learning what to look out for and expect as your career unfolds right yeah so as soon as possible
1: okay so i watch my
0: content but it's no substitute for talking to an attorney (laughs) on the phone
1: well that's a good jumping off point though um so i i found you on tiktok like i said um and you i know you're very adamant about registering your work and i'd love to talk about what that means and why it's so important
0: right um so Great way to start this off is you've heard people say, oh, I, I trademarked my, my thing. I I, I got it. I got it trademarked, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of like a, like a short speak shorthand speak f- to say, I registered my trademark, right? Because the reality is that trademarks and trademark rights exist even prior to registration. You get them in the United States based off of use, right? But that use gives you local rights for the most part, based on where you're you sell and promote your goods or services. So the importance of registering a trademark, for example, is that it allows you to protect your brand in all 50 US states, right? So where otherwise, if you're not registered, you're, you're generally gonna have to establish that you have a presence in that area, that you're trying to sue somebody for stealing your name. Um, with the, registra- with the federal registration, you don't have to go through those loopholes. You're, you're granted protection throughout the 50 states. The idea being is that you're selling things all throughout the states, right? So you don't have to go to each individual. So you'd be like, no, no, I'm going to federal court. I'll see you there. I have a federal registration. I'm protected in all 50 states, right? Copyrights are a similar idea. I'll have you copyrighted your work. That's shorthand for, I registered the copyrights in my works. And the importance of that is that you literally can't take somebody to court unless you have your, your copyrights registered. Doesn't matter what they've done. They could publicly flaunt the fact that they've, they've stolen your work. If you don't have it registered, you can't get into court until it has been. Wow.
1: That's intense, right?
0: <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> can it's wild. Can you, if you allow you me can... to nerd out real quick, what's what? really crazy to me is that um, that is only a requirement for U.S.-based works, right? So an, um, this rule applies to any work that is originally released in the U.S., which is also to say if it's, a, if it's released, like if you release it online throughout the whole world and in the, if the U.S. is part of it, then it's subject to that rule. But if you're from outside the U.S. and you, work, you release your work outside the U.S., you don't have to register it. That comes from like international law where hmm. basically they have, there, are, there are treaties that say there cannot be any prerequisites to uh, co- you know, copyright protection, right? Being extended. But you can do whatever you want within your country. And so they're like, okay, well, sure, foreigners, fine. But if you're here, you have to register first. It just blows yeah. my mind.
1: Wow. No, that is crazy. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are things that I've heard is, you know, once you create your work, it's yours. I don't know what the term for that is, but, um, once you've created something and yeah. you can show like, Hey, I've, I've created this. I think people th- think that they're protected.
2: Yeah. But you're really so not.
0: you were, were you going to say something, Jeff, no, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, I thought he was going to jump in. Sorry. <laughs> Did I cut you off? No. I'm terrible at this. Anytime people start talking about things that I care about, I lose it. So the the law is that copyright protection and ownership vests upon creation. So let's say I'm writing a script. The moment I've written that script or that composition, I can claim ownership to it, right? And I have all of the rights that come with copyright law right to mean that i can distribute it i'm the only one that can make money off of it make derivative works all of those rights automatically vest right so you have that immediately but you can't go to court so everybody you know if you if you, you don't have to register your copyrights to collect your royalties you know you don't have to register it to distribute your music. The whole point of it, the whole point of registration is to have that in your back pocket in the unfortunate event that somebody did decide to steal your work, right? Yeah, it's it's weird, I know.
1: <laughs> it's, <just laughs> such a, it's such a different thing than, you know, musicians are, are in such a creative headspace most of the time and, um, I think it's cool that there's people like you out there, like looking out for them and and caring about that because that's not something that you're thinking about when you're writing a song.
0: No, no, it's not honestly, and I and I get that. Like I, I, I strongly empathize with that for real. Like I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I got my shit all together. I'm sorry. Is this is this like? <laughs> yeah, you, a- no, no, no. yeah. And do If you right, want to cool.
1: say a really bad word.
0: What, what's a really bad word?
1: That's up for you to decide, but but I got this.
0: I got I got some in my mind. Yeah, I'm not saying. No, I
1: got so. the beeper. <laughs> if you <laughs>
0: need, it, it. I'll <laughs> let you know. We'll count it off. We'll count it off. Okay, I'll like okay. <laughs> um, what was the question? Shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question. Does it being a lawyer in Florida, are you able to do things outside of the state of Florida, or are you just mainly work within the state?
0: Actually, that's a great question. So, my license allows me. To practice within the state that i'm licensed so Florida is where i'm licensed I can practice in the state of Florida. um, Whatever i'm doing. If it's done in Florida. i'm okay for the most part, Um, I can go and get access to any of the courts in Florida, the limitation comes where, for example, I can't go to Georgia and file a lawsuit there. I need to have a, a Georgia li- uh, bar license to, to file claims there. I can't go to Georgia and s- establish a practice there. Right. I can't do any of that. There are ways to, if I wanted to take somebody to court in Georgia, I could like, if I had a buddy, like a buddy lawyer in Georgia, they could basically co-sign for me and the right. court would then let me in. But if I do that too often, they're going to be like, no, 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 you're going to need to get one of our licenses, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I represent clients all, of, you know, all throughout the, the 50 states and, and around, I have clients um, you know, outside of the US that I work with because what I do is in Florida. I do it from Florida, right?
2: Are there some states that the copyright, copyright laws are more lenient?
0: No, no, no. It's copyright law is federal. Okay. A, that's a federal law. And right. so, you know, it's, it's interesting um, there was the whole like stairway to heaven case that went on for Jesus like decades. Right. Right. And what they were claiming there were state rights eventually is what they were focusing their claims on and pretty much the whole way. They're just like, dude, this is not a a state law. And because it isn't federal law where federal and state law talk about the same thing, federal law trumps right and copyright that's the same case the only time the only time there is a state copyright claim that can potentially be made is if it is a creative work that is that hasn't been or wasn't at the time of its creation extended copyright protection under federal law which the best example would be sound recordings um prior to prior to the 70s they did not that was not accorded any uh, copyright protection, right? So something like that, you could try to make a state claim. But for the most part, all of it is covered by federal copyright law.
2: And Didn't Tom Petty go through something similar? Probably. Someone
0: ripping off
2: one of his songs? I can't think of it right now. probably shouldn't have brought it up. uh,
0: (laughs) No, hey, you know. (laughs) This is why I ask usually if if anybody's going to bring something up specific. I like to be able to look things up first because I'm going to be completely transparent in the sense that like the thing I geek out most in, like personally is music. Um, what I can speak on the most is the relation between law and music. And I love helping artists set things up in a way, but I'm not like a law nerd in the sense that I'm not like chasing around for the latest cases that come out that are going to be like sensational or something, because realistically that's just applying laws that have been in existence already. Right. So it's tough because people are like, oh, can you do a video on this case or that case? And I'm like, I don't really care about talking about cases, you know? good. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I always ask people when they're bringing me on It's like, if you're going to bring up anything specific or any, anyone specific or whatever to you know it. ahead of time so we can actually discuss it you know yeah
1: um so i have a question about what kind of i guess training do you do um differently than like a, a different kind of lawyer how do you how did you get to be a, a music lawyer
0: you guys you guys are really good at these questions
1: oh my gosh thank you <laughs>
0: So I'm going to get you write all the questions, Lauren. <laughs> she just jumped in immediately, know, like, know. yes, thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is our relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. her drummer.
0: And so, in,
1: yeah. Oh, look at that. I was going to say in real life, but this is real life. Yeah. So I just. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it, <laughs> Darlene, what I is after 2020? <laughs> I hope but, What is real?
1: It is weird because I see you on my TikTok all the time, and I don't know. Throw me for a loop. <laughs> Creeping me out a little bit. Stop looking at me like that.
0: Sorry. I, I, all, all my research and training tells me to look at the camera. (laughs) My bad, my bad, but, um, specific training is like, okay. So that's such a great question. Um, most, so I know not most every lawyer, first of all, their first year of law school takes all of the same classes. There's the same core classes. Um, like the basics of contracts torts and all the other boring stuff then it's like college in the sense that once you get your prerequisites out the way you can do your electives right and that's where in in terms of schooling and training I differentiated myself from my colleagues because I made sure that I took every single class possible that related to the entertainment field or was about a law that touched on it so i took um trademark class i took copyrights class i took sports law and entertainment um i wrote a i, I did a, like a seminar on internet and law and so every class possible right that i thought would give me something useful to help artists i took that class um and then outside of that i interned at a you know, entertainment law firm, and then I—I I mean, I was a research assistant and stuff in school, and that allowed me to really do some great research into like the specifics of certain areas of this. So, yeah, and that—that's that, where I differentiated myself in terms of like studies and training. But like for the most part, like law school is no different from any other school in the sense that you get out of it with your degree, and you're kind of you, you go into your field, and you're like, wait, I what the hell you guys didn't teach
2: me anything (laughs) right
0: it's ridiculous no no disrespect to my alma mater i love i love i love my alma mater but uh it's just a product of the system it's just how it's set up
1: yeah you just kind of have to get in there yourself and yep figure it out grind it out yeah
0: grind it out it's crazy uh because when you when you consider that when let's i mean i'm four years into this now like i've been a licensed attorney and have been doing what I do for four years. Uh, but take, take me literally the first day that I started my firm there, you know, like understandably people be like, Oh, you're brand new. I don't know. I'm a little concerned. Uh, you, maybe you need some more experience, uh, maybe some other time, but statistically, if you turn around and hire a big firm, You might, you're going to speak to somebody who's got 5, 10, 15, 20 years experience, but the people actually doing the work for the most part are going to be people in their first three years. Right. right. You know? So in that sense, there's very little difference. Our bills are, you know, lower, but (laughs) less overhead. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The Groove Lab podcast is proud to be sponsored by Kaiser Musical Products.
1: Kaiser is a family-owned and operated guitar accessories company proudly made in East Texas and globally recognized for their world-famous quick-change capos.
2: Guaranteed with a lifetime warranty, Kaiser capos are ready for whatever the road throws at them.
1: And you really don't own a capo if you don't own a Kaiser.
2: That's what I've heard.
1: (laughs) Check them out online at kaisermusical.com. I don't know.
2: I had a thought come to my head. I don't know if it makes any sense or not. Uh, but no, with the amount of, with the amount of sampling that goes on with other people's music, what process do they do they go through to get all of that approved? Because you can't already listen to a song now without it being a sample off of a song from the '80s or '70s, constantly sampling other people's music into their own music.
0: Have you noticed that? That's true. It's 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 not. I mean, it's it's a lot of paperwork right a lot of paperwork phone calls and emails uh when you get down to it attorneys are really just like glorified paper pushers and communicators it's really what we are we're good at communicating and we send emails we write some contracts you know but otherwise that's that's the process you know let's say you want to sample a particular song first step is going to be you know, determining how you're going to sample it. So, you're going to sample the recording or you're going to interpolate the composition, right? If you're doing, if you're using the master, you need to clear both the recording and the composition, right? Right. If you're just, if you're going to interpolate, so you're going to re record it, you only need to license the composition. The exception, and this is like a very, very, like it's a nuance, but if you're, interpretation of the composition is based off of the master right those embellishments Mm -hmm. in that event you may want to clear the master as well because the composition has the notes and the rhythm and all of that but all of those things that the master contain that aren't in the composition if you use those elements you are you are creating a derivative work then from the master and so you they they may have a claim but if you're just re-recording from the notes you're good right you just clear the composition side Composition, all right and and in both on, on both sides you just you just gotta do the footwork and find the owners right um composition is the easiest to find the the owners and stuff because you go on ASCAP BMI or whatever and you look up the song and you're gonna see it all listed there all the writers all of the you know anybody that owns publishing. Okay. And then you just take the publisher's numbers and call them and you, you know, work that out. Tell them, Hey, I want a license on the master side. You got to find out what the label, what label put that out. And then you got to find that number, which is a little bit, it's a little bit less of a centralized thing. So I like to go on Spotify and see what the claimed label is. And then what I'll do is find out where that label is based. And from there, look at state filings and stuff like that. The Trademark Office is actually a really great source of um, contact, contact info. You'd be surprised because like take any major brand, take any, anybody that has trademarks. Their information is right there, public. And even if you might not get the number directly to that person that you want to speak to, chances are, you're going to find their attorney's contact. You call the attorney. That attorney is going to be motivated to reach out because if they, if that's work for them, that's money for them. right? Right, Right. So it's a, that's a great resource for finding contact information.
2: All right, man. That was great.
1: I have a question about, um, contracts and first of all like red flags maybe for artists to look for in contracts but i also have like a little side note why are contracts so confusing they're written in like their own little kind of language is that something they teach you in law school is it called legalese
0: yeah
1: is it to confuse it's really called legalese (laughs) i'm really curious what what's the deal it's funny no
0: (laughs) they actually don't teach us those words in law school in the sense that it's not like we have a vocabulary class where they're like, okay, so the meaning of heretofore is we don't really even know what that means, right? <laughs> 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 Just like, oh yeah, going forward, this is what it is. And that's, and that's what it is. But we picked that up contextually and I'm trying to, I recently, I recently launched like a contract shop. So I'm like selling forms. If you can't afford my services for contracts, I'm trying to like put these up at a lower you know, cost. And one thing that I'm doing is consciously attempting to make them simpler, right? Easier to like, you know, understand and digest. But that takes a, a, a conscious effort to do, right? To sit there and be like, okay, this is, how, how do I say this in a way that says the same without being confusing? That takes so much time and effort And it's completely contrary to the way that the legal industry generally drafts contracts. Most contracts are form based in some way. So even if you're not, if what you're looking at isn't exactly a form that somebody grabbed and just threw at you, it's at least based on forms. Um, The most common thing would be to Frankenstein something, right? That's about as custom as, that's the most custom, most common form of like a unique contract you're gonna get, right? Most commonly, that's gonna be the case. It's gonna actually just be a Frankenstein of a bunch of other forms. Very commonly, it's literally just that form. And the reality is, is that if I find a form that fits your needs, why would would we take extra steps? It's just gonna cost you more money because it's going to take me more time we're going to use a form with that in mind consider that lawyers are an old profession and before there were law schools everything was apprenticeship based meaning that a lot of this is things that are handed down right from lawyer generation to lawyer generation these forms have these forms can be traced back i'm sure Hundreds of years, right. To some extent. And that's where those words, like you say, come from. It's ridiculous. So copy and like, paper. why can't we just change it to going forward? we right? just take the damn thing out. It doesn't really <laughs> change any like certain, some of those words are literally just.
1: Like filler, right?
0: Yo, they just like to look pretty and. But the truth is it's not like we it's not like the legal industry is consciously going like, oh, you know what, let's keep those words because they make us look fancy and allow us to charge more. That's not it. It's just <laughs> like it takes more work to th- process. Do I need that word there? So it's just like, fuck okay, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, the courts makes- are used to reading those words. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like but that's like those words like I said, like heretofore and uh stuff like that. If you're talking about things like mechanical royalties right Me- you know mechanical rights those other words those are industry words right those aren't those aren't legal those aren't legalese they have legal implications they have legal definitions and stuff but they don't come from that's not true either because the lawyers make the law yeah i'm sorry man we so <laughs>
1: truth is nobody knows that's right
0: We're, everybody's just doing their best
1: <laughs> that's absolutely what it is
0: everybody's doing their best
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. <clears throat> okay, so that's good to know. Honestly, I've always, I've always wondered if people are just, you know, trying to confuse people. So, with that in mind, what are some? <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's no active, uh, there is no active attempt to
1: Make confuse people. City. No, I
0: mean, sure, there are bad actors out there, but <laughs> that's not why those things are.
1: <laughs> well, what are some besides like heretofore and all those other things? What are some like red flags? To look for, or, or like in a contract, what are some things to look yeah. out for for artists?
0: So, I want to preface this with saying that what is a red flag to one person, what may be a green flag to another, right? So, if you run a label and you're going to sign an artist, if I'm representing you, the label, I need you to, I need you to acquire the rights to masters and stuff, you know, at least to some extent. That's a green flag for you if it's in there but if i'm representing the artist to a certain extent it becomes a red flag how much are they taking is it reasonable do we want to give that to them at all right so i want to preface it with that going from there the red flags come from the actual deal itself um because that's what it's like contracts are just they're just a paper Actually, contracts don't have to be in writing, first of all. Um, but when we're talking about the written paper form of a contract, it's just the formalizing of a deal. And so the red flags come in where it's like, is this proportional, right? Are you giving as much as they are? Is this fair, right? And then aside from that, does it even make sense for this person to have such a right? For example, if you hand me a management contract and the management contract says that the manager will own the masters, huge red flag, because that's out of context and out of general practice. I'm not saying it's, it it can't be fair. You may be you may explain the situation to me, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, because maybe the manager is like, look, I don't want a twenty percent. I'll take your masters, and I'll, I'll even put some money behind you, right? You tell me something like that, maybe, maybe, right? I'm Personally, I'm more of a own your shit kind of person, which is why I started my own law firm. Um, not, only, not only does owning your stuff create a potential for greater uh, you know, revenue in the future, but for me, mostly it's about control, right? The more hands are in the pie, the less you can control where that pie goes and what you do with it. And that, to me, is the ultimate thing. Like, that's the most important thing for me. I because I, art, art, in my opinion, should just be free. Like, not like free like nobody pays for anything, but like it should be allowed to be what it is. Artists should be allowed to do and create as it flows. But if you don't have control, you, you lose that ability to just freely express yourself. Yeah, you know, control is important.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> um, let's talk about TikTok.
0: <laughs> That's great. But
1: that sounded like evil. <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: talk about it. Oh,
1: oh wait, hold on.
0: Are you struggling psychologically as well? Let's talk about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah um
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm so I, i'm so excited to talk about this i can't i can't talk about this with my lawyer friends for the most part so please
1: you talk about it with your tiktok friends right um, so let's talk about when you got started with tiktok and how it's been let's let's talk about all of it
0: um i didn't expect that question okay i'm sorry no it's great i Are love that I, I love being surprised right um so I I I had, I had TikTok came on my radar probably around the time I gradu I finished law school, um, and I really started trying to like I started paying attention a little more around 2018 2019 right, um, and I had I created an account solely for the purpose of reserving the name I wanted, right? I wasn't ready to really start using the the platform anything like that but i knew that it was i was like this is clearly going somewhere and i want the name not only that's mine but that i want right
1: it's a great name too (laughs) (laughs)
0: um so that's sort of like how that sorry i created that account and then i didn't do anything except maybe watch for like very loosely um until this year is when my content creation really ramped up overall right so over the last four years i i don't have like much of a of of a uh track record at all with social media the reality was that i didn't even have an i never got an instagram until i started my law firm right um i mean it's not like i lived under a rock i still managed to stay tapped in but i just it i'm easily distracted it is severely uh, seriously a problem and i was like yeah i cannot have these apps on my phone it's bad enough having reddit <laughs> oh well we'll, do, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there <laughs> and then eventually we did we got this, we started the business and we started the instagram for it um but even then like for the last until january of this year i was not the social media presence that i have been you know, since January 18 of this year. And since then it's been a blast. I've honestly been having a great time. It's been so much fun. Just honestly do whatever the fuck I want. Like, it's just great. And then to see the reactions from people. My favorite thing is when I create a post that actively is like right. roasting artists and they're in the comments, they are like their favorites. They're like, oh my God, that's me. I suck. I honestly I love that that's that's so much fun for me but also in a much more real sense it you know when people when people you know they're like this has been really helpful actually um this actually just came up for me so this is perfect timing like those comments they mean the world to me um because that's why I do this you know uh that's why I bought that's why I bought all this gear that I'm still learning how to use because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, man. Anybody watching this that's going to start their social media journey and has no understanding of like video and content production gear, like just literally start, literally start as simple as possible because I got, I got a decent camera two years ago. And like literally two weeks ago, or three is when it literally all clicked for me, like the whole exposure, right? Camera exposure, it finally clicked for me after two years. And I took, I took photography in high school, but that was so long ago, you know? It, yeah, start simple, y'all, because it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot of, like, the more components you add to your setup, the more likely something goes wrong, the more you have to learn about. Start with one piece of gear, ideally sound, and then lighting. And then you can jump to a camera, but um. I am. On a tangent.
1: <laughs> no, you. No, good. I'm enjoying good. it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks.
2: <laughs> you're okay. doing.
1: No, it's so cool though. I I scrolled back um as far as TikTok would let me, and I was looking at um your videos, and it was cool to see like, I think like M- March maybe, or maybe I'm wrong on the date, but you had like there are some videos with just like barely any views, you know, and it's cool to see like where you've come and honestly a short amount of time. Cause now you've got like over 3000 TikTok followers and you've got people that like come to your page for help and for information. And it's just cool to see.
0: It's really nice. Actually I'm smiling. <laughs> Cause yeah, you're right. It's, it's been nice. Um, there are people that have grown faster than me in less time. Uh, but there's still a sense in which I didn't think I was going to build a following community as quickly as I have, um, on TikTok. And to say like, I I remember, (laughs) I remember hitting a thousand followers and I was like, wow, that was so much sooner than I expected guys. I'm not ready to go live. I was expecting to do this like in a month or so. And that was March you know i still haven't gone live uh i'm working up to it That's
1: i'm intense, working up to it for sure honestly
0: but yeah i got to i got to take some of those posts and, and and like re like put them out again
1: yeah cuz there are some
0: there that i'm very like i i I'm, I'm like damn i love that one so much nobody saw it yeah i put those out again
1: I'm totally but sure thanks
0: that that means a lot it really <laughs> does i put in the work um it's been it's been rough and i want to say something like i like i said mid-january is when i started taking this stuff seriously and my contemporaries so to speak right people that i noticed starting at the same time watching our accounts grow in their own ways some people have grown faster some people have grown not as quickly and to be clear, like all of my points are referen- of reference are, other, are, are artists, you know, I, I'm, I have no, I don't follow lawyers like that to compare my account to, but I've noticed um, a lot of artists that started on TikTok at the same time as me having trouble growing um, at the same pace. And like, I see them get down on themselves sometimes, and that's hard for me to see because, I mean, obviously that comes from comparing yourselves to others. And I just wanna be clear that if anybody out there is like, how does this attorney have more followers than me, he's just a attorney?" I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, you have to understand the context in which I, I, I'm, I am operating here. Like I knew coming in, I was like, okay, so TikTok has become the place for musicians. Everybody's there that does music. It's so much easier to tap into you guys and, 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 and fill in a gap that is so desperately needed than it is to reach the general um, population and get them interested in your art. That's hard. That's really hard. Like I have the utmost respect for artists and what they do, like admiration. That's why I do what I do. But It's, it's, all, it's all in context, you know? I guess it shows like you really need to, if you want to grow at a certain pace and consistently, you, you have to find something that people need and just give that to them. That doesn't mean selling out, like, and I hate when I hear that kind of thing. It's like, okay, you're an artist and you want people to listen to your stuff. That means you need to get people to look at you. There is no shame. In doing what it takes to get people to look at you as long as you are not compromising your personal and artistic integrity, you know. So find something that people value apart from or, you know, in some way in a related to your music and the best way I've seen that is, uh, is artists teaching other artists how to do music and arts and all of that right that's being those are the accounts that I have seen grow consistently. Right? Um, with me or beyond well, beyond me, because they have found a way to make people want to come back. Because it's like, you know what? They might have they might have taught me something that I missed. I might, you know, whatever. Like people come back for that. But if if you're if you're just gonna rest on the laurels of your art, it's not gonna happen. And that's literally how the stereotype of the starving artist came about to be, you know, because society in a sense told us for the longest time that if your art is good, you'll be discovered and it's ridiculous. Like that hasn't been a thing for so long. Right? Like, yeah, sure. Back in the days of like what like Victorian and all that stuff and rich people would find children that were artistically inclined and then just fucking give them everything. Right things like that. But that doesn't happen anymore. Like, yeah. that's how we got people like Aristotle and stuff. Oh, I got into the philosophy side of it. But like, Beethoven, right? Like people like that, like those people were raised, they, they, they might not have been born rich or something. But a rich person said, Come live with me. <laughs> I got you. You're gonna you're gonna do that. That doesn't happen like that anymore. You know,
2: no. <clears throat> some of the greatest musicians that you'll ever meet will never be
0: famous. No, the, in that's fact, the greatest musicians in the world, you don't know about them. That's right. You don't know about them because all they do is just sit there and hone their craft. You know, and but they're
2: playing, they're at gigs, and they're doing their thing. But they're not Katy Perry. They're not whoever named. They're the not art. marketing. Yeah, they're yeah yeah, and, yeah because there's so much hard. content out there. It's hard to break through with your content because there's. I mean, you have yeah. to really. Find your yourself through your social media to get a breakthrough, and it's hard.
1: Yeah, but not only that; it like, is. it's hard to switch from like creating music to the marketing side because
0: well, marketing is an not, art form unto itself.
1: It's not as fun. <laughs> I mean, Aye. at least for at least for me.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, I mean, people have different skills with that, I guess, and yeah. th- that's I something mean, I've always had a hard yeah. time with. Balancing all you. of that, you know.
0: I feel you. I I would say like just I don't know, I see it as another art form, you know? Like the ability to take your idea and communicate it through some medium. That's literally art, right? Yeah. Content is art. You're making art and it's funny, like it's this this journey has done a lot for my my self-esteem and my like self-worth and i'm finally starting to call myself an artist again even though i haven't played music in years you know because i realized i was like no there's always been it's always been there it's always been inside of me and just because i got scared for the longest and didn't believe in myself that person like that i'm still that person do you still have started calling myself an artist uh i have i have a drum set but it's stacked up Oh yeah, and yeah. It's stacked up. uh Since the second storage at my mom's, cause my my place is smaller <laughs> than hers. <laughs> yeah, and then I can't bring that out. My I, eventually, I would. I want to get an electric kit yeah. around me again. i, I mean, not again, but an electric kit because God, I just miss it. You know, like I never stopped. I never stopped air drumming. Never stopped listening to. The rhythms and stuff and i've never stopped loving like music has i don't like saying it anymore but without music i just there's nothing i i, I don't i i'm alive because music is still a thing you asked me if you would you rather be blind or deaf i'm like yo gouge my eyes out <laughs> gouge them give me my ears i need yeah. to yeah. listen i need to you know so like creating, that's what it is. It's like be, like creating the content and like having the vision of a particular piece and then b- bringing it to fruition has it's really been, yeah, it's been great, man. I love it. That's awesome. Well, that's
2: a good note, I think, to yeah.
0: leave off on.
1: We're excited for you. I'm excited Thank to you. keep watching you on TikTok and uh, watch all your videos. Same,
0: same um, so much.
1: Um, do you have any do you want to like leave with any um tips for artists? I know we've said register your work. Number 1, do that. Yeah. Okay, well, register
0: up. your work. Uh I guess I would say a couple things. So, one don't be in a hurry to divvy up your pie and hand it out. Okay? In the beginning, Do as much as you can to retain your ownership. You need help, duh. You build a team, but it doesn't have to be people that you give pieces of, you you can pay them. And I'm not like, yeah, I know that money is tight and the economy is jumping off a cliff, but Fiverr is a thing, okay? If you've never heard of Fiverr, it's five and then two Rs, com there's some really cheap services there that everybody needs if you need album artwork if you need you know video editing and stuff like that and the majority of, of of people on there and the services provided automatically grant you full ownership of what's created for you for me that's perfect because if you just like find your photographer friend and you're like hey can you give me some shots for my video whatever that unless you gave them a contract that photographer owns your pictures they're not yours so get the help you need but try to retain as much ownership as possible don't be in a hurry to do that and um anybody out there that's drooling over getting signed to a major label or whatever some of y'all Already, some of y'all have what it takes, and some of y'all actually want that. But some of you haven't really considered why you want that. Okay. The only reason to sign to a major label is if you want to become a household brand. If you want to sign to a label so that you can live off of your music, that is not necessary. Okay. And you really should reflect on what you're trying to do because if you get that and it turns out to not be what you wanted you're you're stuck for the most part so yeah that's what i'll leave off on um it's been great thank you guys so much for having me you guys have had such great questions and yeah i mean
1: well, we really, yeah, I wasn't expecting such yeah. great
0: questions. Uh, good
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Will you, um, just I'll, I'll link it in the show notes too, but will you just tell everyone where to find you online?
0: Yeah. So I have uh, an Instagram, I have TikTok, and I have a YouTube technically it's Apollo's council everywhere. <laughs> um, it, I have the pay. It, there's no content on my YouTube, <laughs> but it's, <there>. it's coming. <laughs> question mark and then my website apolloscouncil.com that's those are the ways to reach me and i look forward to meeting all of you hey this has been roger from apollo's council and thanks for listening to the groove lab podcast this week we hope you've learned something stay groovy